this week on the 10 podcast a vote for yourself would happen to Cox. it became almost like an addiction and i think that all movement is valuable a lot of people hold this belief that if they don't go to the gym five days a week that it's not worth it that compound effect is what is going to change you every time you show up you are casting a vote for yourself decide that you're worth it your mindset has to be okay it's not about the next 30 days it's about the rest of my life it was never good enough i was never good enough the views and opinions expressed on the 108 podcast are those of the authors and guests individually the 108 podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not affiliated with any entity agency or department Good morrow to your friends. Welcome one and all to the 10A podcast, the police podcast that focuses in on everything except the job of being a police officer. Now, why do I do that? I do that because literally everyone else does that. I mean, you've got the real heavy hitters like Mike the Cop, poorly made police memes, street cop training, towering over my little dog and pony show. Plus, Like those folks, I'm no longer on the job, so I felt like I ran out of stuff to talk about. And really, I ran out of interest to talk about the day-to-day life of being a cop. Now, that's not too foo-foo on what those guys do. It just just didn't interest me anymore. Instead, I wanted to focus on another meaning of the phrase 10-8, which this idea was actually given to me by Dave Grossman when he was on the show, regarding that being 10-8, means being good to go. So I ask you, my wonderful listeners, are you good to go? Today, my guest is Heaven Duvall Cox, a personal trainer from California. And we're going to be discussing a myriad of different subjects and topics regarding to physical health and well-being. But first, let's go ahead and mention our sponsors for the show this week. Listen, it's no surprise to anyone that law enforcement agencies suck at getting the word out to their citizens they serve. Whether it's debriefing a critical incident or educating the public about various aspects of law enforcement, it takes a special skill set that too many in law enforcement don't have. In this ever-changing world of social media, do you, your agency, and your community a favor and check out TOC Public Relations, a company ran by former law enforcement to help you get your message out in an appropriate and professional way. Check them out on social media as well as TOCPublicRelations.com. Let me tell you something you already know. Living a life in public service is a life of sacrifice, but you cannot serve the community or back your partner up if you're not physically able to do so. According to a report by the Wall Street Journal, more than 40% of law enforcement officers are obese. Other studies have found that police officers are 25% more likely to die from weight-related disorders like cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, and even some cancers. Why continue to be a liability to your partners, your loved ones, your community, and yourself? Contact the folks at fit.responders and get your fight back. This episode is also brought to you by my new friends over at RTI Training, giving the type of training that incorporates humor and knowledge that cops respond to. Listen, we all know that you will never retain anything thanks to death by PowerPoint. So do yourself a favor and check out the new kids on the block when it comes to police training. They are revelationstraining.com. 
And guys, I also want to tell you about our sponsor, Jiu-Jitsu 5.0. They just came out with the Jiu-Jitsu 5.0 app. It is the ultimate training tool for all law enforcement. Members of the app get on-demand access to a huge library of techniques for the streets, grappling-based workouts, yoga, and a monthly nutrition plan. They also have 24-hour, 7-day-a-week access to Jason, the founder of Jiu-Jitsu 5.0, for personalized training assistance. So... Go to the app store of your choosing and download the Jiu-Jitsu 5.0 app today. It's available for Android as well as Apple, so get on it now. And last but not least, this episode is brought to you by Thin Vine Wines. Thin Vine Wines is a mission-driven wine company that proudly backs first responders and the military. With a background in law enforcement, their support for police, dispatch, fire, and the military is unwavering. Thin Vine Wines donates $2 from every bottle sold to law enforcement and military-driven nonprofits. Making awesome wine is the vehicle. Making wine with a purpose is the mission. Check out their social medias at Thin Vine Wines on Instagram and Facebook and order online at thinvine.wine using the code 10-8-T-E-N, the number 8, for $10 off two or more bottles of wine. And as always, guys, go check out my sponsors, former and current law enforcement officers using their skills to help out those in the community. I talk to a lot of people that claim that they feel like they're trapped in the job, that they want to get out, but they don't know what to do next. The ads you just heard are prime examples of folks doing just that. It's always important to have a side hustle, so go check them out and give them some support and your business. Speaking of hustle... My guest tonight is the badass, hardworking Heaven Duval Cox, known better on social media as the Sandbag Queen. I was first introduced to Heaven thanks to my Punk Rock Cops episode last spring. BC Sanders told me about her, I started following her, and the networking happened, and the rest is history. Our conversation today is so important because physical fitness is so important in this line of work. If you do not take care of yourself physically, you're setting yourself up for a very dangerous road. Like I alluded to in my ad for my sponsor, Fit Responders, those in law enforcement are already more likely to be obese and suffer from weight-related medical conditions. So why not focus on it before it's an issue? Shift work, terrible food options, shitty sleep are all things that contribute to these things, and these are all things that you can do something to combat it. But let's take a second and talk about why. Why do we need to focus more attention on our physical health and our physical wellness? I know this episode is like a sneak attack, right? Because we always talk about mental health. But here we are talking about physical health because it's so important as well. And really, it's part of the four legs that I want to focus on as we move through this podcast. The four legs being physical health, mental health, financial health, and humor. So this is a very strong uh, topic as well. So let's talk about some obvious whys. The big why is so you can live. Your family needs you to not have high blood pressure, heart disease, cancer, etc. Spoken from experience, my dad had all of those things. He smoked, he drank, he wasn't healthy as he got older, and he had heart problems and suffered heart attacks and strokes, had cancer, After 26 years of serving as a police officer, he retired at the age of 52. He had his first massive stroke 10 years later and passed away 13 years after that at the age of 74, but never truly was able to enjoy his retirement due to all the illnesses that I just mentioned. So this is anecdotal evidence, right? It's a story that I'm telling you. 
which should mean a lot because it's true. It's coming from the heart. But let's go ahead and talk about raw statistics. Based on a study done in 2013 by a professor from the University of Buffalo, he looked at the life expectancy of 2,800 police officers that served at least five years in the city of Buffalo from 1950 to 2005. Now, these statistics are terrifying. The study showed that an average American that lived to the age of 50 could expect to live another 35 years. For a police officer who served at least five years working for the city, when they reached their age of 50, lived only seven years. The years of potential life loss for police officers aged 40 to 44 was more than 38 times larger than it was for the population as a whole. And finally, the study showed that male police officers aged 50 to 54 years had, quote, close to a 40% probability of death compared to a 1% probability for males in the general population in the same age category. The study suggested several possible reasons for the disparity in life expectancy, and that includes the stresses from the job, shift work, which can disrupt metabolism, obesity due to the increased eating on the job, and environmental work exposures such as contact with air pollution from working outside in high traffic areas. Those things I'm, I'm sure you don't even think about. So as I as I explain these statistics, you should be getting red flags, right? We talk we talk about silly red flags. These are true red flags that this is stuff that affects police officers. And this is from 1950 to 2005, and things have only gotten worse. Think about all the new fast food and and just like terrible things that have been brought to us since 2005. Social media, DoorDash, meal delivery services, vaping, like all these like unhealthy habits that have crept in. And so it's only gotten worse, but we don't have the statistics because it just wasn't available. Okay, so use this as your wake-up call. But let me also add this. This past Tuesday, in preparation for this very episode, this recording, I asked my Instagram followers, what are some physical benchmarks that, quote, all police officers should be able to do? And here's what they came up with. And I'm just going to read these straight from Instagram, so I'll give my two cents as they go. And I have something about... 39 or more responses for this question. So here's what they said. Should be able to run two miles under 20 minutes, bench 200, run 400 meters in under 75 seconds. Fight for up to two minutes after a few flights of stairs. Fit through an average doorway. This one says no ugly cops. Well, I say no ugly badge bunnies, but you know, here we are. Sprint speed, getting someone cuffed with spray in your face and not look like a slob. Maintain a steady cardio exercise for five to seven minutes without stopping, whether it's running, jumping jacks, or up-downs. You should be in the 70th percentile in cardio or weightlifting for your age, sex, and weight. High, uh, high flexibility and agility. Should be able to deadlift their weight. And this is a good point. How can you get your partner out of harm's way if you can't lift up your own weight? Uh, this one says you should be able to do one pull-up. You should be able to stand from the kneeling position without assistance. You should be able to hold your own in a three-minute brawl. Uh, because that, that could be as long as backup is coming. You should be able to run one and a half miles in less than 12 minutes. Do at least 60 push-ups in two minutes. You should know basic takedowns and grappling. You should be able to do sprints. 
Uh, this one said uh, one and a half miles in 12 minutes, 30 push-ups in a minute, 30 sit-ups in a minute. This one says 25 push-ups, 5 pull-ups, 9-minute mile, 50 to 100 yards sprint without dying, 50 bodyweight squats. This one says uh, deadlift more than your body weight, ideally double. Should be able to jump a fence. Should be able to unholster your gun while seated in a patrol car. If your dominant hand is injured, be able to get your gun out with the other one. You should be able to run 10 minutes nonstop. Time doesn't matter, just build stamina. Should be able to bench your body weight, way smaller than chest, and a good resting heart rate, and 25 push-ups. Should be able to get in and out of the car in less than 5 minutes. Should be able to climb a flight of stairs in body armor carrying a rifle. Should be able to drag and carry 200 pounds. The standards shouldn't be lowered for female officers. Fitness standards should be based on job tasks, not push-ups, sit-ups, and runs. So that's totally different than everyone else just said. Should be able to jump a fence. We already said that. So this one says running long distance is bullshit and always has been. Ain't chasing someone a mile. Here's the idea, right? Because I was training for a 5K once and I had the same mentality as I was doing. I was like, wait a second. I'm not going to chase someone for for a 5K. But that's not the point. If you can perform and you can have the cardio endurance for a long run, then you can put your shit together if it's something short in a sprint and then you get into a brawl. Because it may not be a, a mile long run. It could just be, you know, most law enforcement runs are a sprint. But then you have to handle business when you get there. And if you're gassed from the run, well then, you know, what's the point? You might as well just let them go. Uh, sprints and speed, uh, HIIT, high intensity interval training, cardio. It helps with fighting. You need to end the fight fast, three minutes nonstop. Distance run and pull-ups. Should be able to do five pull-ups, ten push-ups, run a mile in eight minutes, can lift 60 pounds. Which, I mean, 60 pounds is double your vest weight, right? Nothing out there is going to be 60 pounds. Maybe your tiniest female recruit, but nothing out there is going to be 60 pounds. So I, I think it needs to be much higher. Uh, I need to do 10 pounds or sorry, 10 pull-ups should be able to climb a fence or wall. I mean that one, the fact that people can't is um, terrifying. Should be able to pull their body weight in full gear over a six foot fence. Drag 160 pounds for at least 25 yards. Bear crawl in full gear at least 50 yards. Keep a primary sidearm at high ready for at least 5 minutes. And carry 150 pounds at least 50 yards. Alright, so that's an idea of what other police officers say you should be able to do. So be honest with yourself. Can you do those things? Don't lie to anybody. Don't lie to me, your squad, your family, the people that suggested it. Don't lie to yourself. Can you do those things? If not, you need to reevaluate what is going on in your life. You see, when you sign up to be a cop, when you raise your hand and you take that oath, you are making several promises. And one that may be forgotten is that when you decide to suit up, you are telling your partners and all the law enforcement community that when they need help, you are going to be able to run to their rescue and save them. You're going to be the reason their son or daughter gets to see their mom or dad at the end of that shift. Do you really want to console their family next to a flag-draped casket, knowing that if you could have gotten out of your car with ease just a little bit quicker, or ran a half a mile and delivered those shots downrange without being so winded that you couldn't function properly, 
You know, do you really want to have those thoughts? Of course not. These are morbid thoughts, but these are thoughts you need to think about. These are people's lives in your hands, literally. So again, be honest with yourself. Are these things you can do? If not, get your shit together and get to it. All that being said, folks, we have an absolutely amazing conversation right around the bend here. So it is my absolute pleasure to bring you my conversation with my good friend, Heaven, here on the 10-8 Podcast. Here we go. I just said we are we are highly caffeinated. We are highly exhausted, but we are here for the party. Uh, I've got my friend Heaven here, and uh, we are going to be talking about a bunch of stuff today. But Heaven, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Good. Despite good. a lack of sleep, I am doing well. That's good. That's how we truck through, right? I mean, if it wasn't for exhaustion, I don't really know. I think exhausted is just kind of my base level. <laughs> I, I've tried. I try to do better, but when I, I I don't sleep well, just because I work days right now, so I wake up super early to get to work on time. Which, you know, everyone wants to talk about night shift having tough sleep schedule, which it does, but day shift sucks because you wake up so early. So <laughs> it's it, it, there's no winning. There's no winning. What time do you normally get up? Um, usually it's like four or four thirty in the morning. Okay, but yeah, which is, is oh, would be okay, but I have a hard time getting to sleep early enough right. to sustain. Like my my go to bedtime is like ten thirty at night, oh. which isn't good. But any time earlier than that, then I'm not accomplishing anything for the day when I come home from work. So right. it's like right. it's it's a it's a very fine line. But before we go into all that, because that's gonna I'm sure be part of our conversation today. Um, let's go ahead, Heaven. Go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, where you're from, what you do, and we'll ride from there. Yeah, for sure. My name is Heaven, and I am the Sandbag Queen on Instagram. And I'm a personal trainer, group fitness instructor, mom of four. And uh, yeah, we're homeschooling this year, so it's been real fun. And um, yeah, I do the I do the sandbag stuff. Um, I do manufacture them here in the States, but I am in the middle of finding a new manufacturer. So that stuff is all um, up in the air right at the moment. But I'm just really passionate about fitness and about health and helping people find ways to move that they love. And instead of um, instead of just doing it because they feel like, like they have to, finding a way to move in a way that makes you feel really good so that you stick with it. And that's, I, th- I feel like that's something that you have to do with everything as far as just life, but obviously like a healthier style of living. If you feel like you're doing it out of like, I don't know, like a, out of like a have to, as opposed to a want to, um, mm-hmm. you're not going to build that lifestyle change that's required to keep doing it you're not gonna it's not gonna be sustainable it's not 
Absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, you know, when you think about like a diet and people are eating bland chicken and rice, seven (laughs) meal, you know, every single meal, uh, that's not sustainable. You're going to get sick of it. And I've even watched, um, different people that are, you know, fitness gurus or whatever. And they're like, no, nah, man, just got to endure it. It's all about the discipline. Go with the chicken and rice. Cause it sucks. <laughs> like, no, man, I want to eat the good stuff. Like that's, that's the problem when you eat the, the, the bland stuff, the real, the bad stuff looks so much better. Cause it's got flavor. And yeah, like yeah, um, absolutely. So as far as like the sandbag stuff, what drew you to doing that as opposed to just, you know, standard weights and things like that yeah well um i do like to be perfectly clear with people that i do all of it i love weightlifting traditional weightlifting i love um cycling i i hate running but i do that sometimes also um and i just when i found the sandbag i was actually getting ready for a spartan race and it was in uh, i believe 2019 I was getting ready for that. And so we got a sandbag so that we could prepare for it because at the time I had been in the fitness industry for, I don't know, seven years at the time. And I was doing all of the regular stuff that you would do at a box gym and and teaching uh, fitness classes. And so we got this um, sandbag and I started using it. And then we did, and I liked it. I thought it was, really cool and then we did the spartan race and it was just so amazing Uh, what i know now about myself is that um, i have adhd and it when i started using the sandbag it gave me this new it was like that novelty that we seek and it gave me that um like wow this is really exciting so i began to use it a lot And it also challenged me so much more than any other type of workout that I had done that it it became almost like an addiction (laughs) because I was like, oh my gosh, this thing is amazing. You know, you put it on your back and you try to run with it and it's like, it's so hard, but you also feel so amazing when you're doing it. Like uh, when I say amazing, I mean like like an accomplishment. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, look what I just did. And so I got kind of addicted to that. And then one day I'll never forget this day. I was laying on our gym floor and we have a garage gym and I was laying on the floor and I took the bag and I put it on my hips and I started doing a glute bridge with it. And I was like, you know what? I would just love to be known as the sandbag queen. Like that would be so much fun to be known as the sandbag queen because I love this thing and I think everybody should use it. And so from that moment on, it was July of 2019, I started, you know, posting content as the sandbag queen and I started um, just really sharing my love for, for that piece of equipment. I do love all movement and I think that all movement is valuable. So if your thing is dancing or um running, swimming, Zumba, or, you know, that's dancing too. But, you know, if you like that right, kind of stuff, yeah. do that. You know, maybe your thing is yoga. Do that. I think movement is important. But for me, the sandbag just spoke, it spoke to my um, my mental state, if you will. Sure, sure. And, you know, that goes with the ADHD, the hyper-focus and the, you know, yeah. kind of infatuation that we deal with, you know. Yeah. Um, for me, and I, I'm still undiagnosed. For everyone listening, I've probably talked about ADHD for like two years now, but <laughs> still, still undiagnosed at the moment. But I swear, 
it is, but no one wants to give me that steal of approval. But for me, a few months ago, probably like a well, probably a few months ago now, I was infatuated, not fitness related, with uh, <laughs> vending machines. I wanted to own vending machines, right? Just passive income, have them out there. So I, what did I do for many hours per day for like two weeks, just researching vending machines and the cost and blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's probably. I mean, it, mine's kind of hasn't moved on, but I've kind of put it on the back burner. Right. I feel like that's probably what happened with you with the sandbags where you found it and you're like, I'm all about this. I'm all in. And then it just kind of, it didn't go to the back burner for you. It just stayed it up. Didn't. High and oil. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because I, after about, I don't know, probably six months to a year, I thought, huh, this is really interesting. Normally by now I will, I will have lost interest in things. Mm-hmm. Um, I never, but I, I do think it has to do with the fact that it's fitness related and I've never lost uh, my love for fitness. I've, ha- I've had waning motivation like everybody does, but I've never really um, lost that habit of fitness. So be- I think because it fit into the realm of something that I truly love to do, I haven't lost it. Or maybe I just really love it and I found my niche and that's where, you know, I'm going to stay. <laughs> right. I, I mean, it could, it could be all of the above, really. Yeah. I think the thing I like about sandbags and I've never, I think I've trained with a sandbag a, a time or two, but not consistently Mm -hmm. but the thing i did like about it is that the weight moves right so it's like that focuses on like your balance and and, you know using different muscle groups um and as law enforcement or first responders right that is good because when you pick up somebody if you have to drag somebody or whatever it's not going to be like a you know 200 pound barbell it's going to move that you know it's going to have different weight distribution so um i would recommend that the people listening in law enforcement first day uh, fire or EMS or something like that consider sandbags because the weight distribution is major. Yes. And I've worked with firefighters and um, uh, police department, the local police department. I've done a couple events with them for, they have a, they put on a first responder. What do they call it? The ultimate first responders event. And so it's a fitness competition. And for the last two years, I've supplied the sandbags for that competition. And it's so much fun. It is fantastic. Um, it's kind of like a CrossFit style, but they also put in a um, uh, like an obstacle course. So they have to jump over a fence, they have to push a police car, and then they have to do a sandbag, uh, some sort of sandbag exercise. And uh, it's just really fun. I love it. It's uh, It's been really great. I've done some other ones with um, a, he's a police officer, but he also does firearm training. And so he combined fitness and firearms. And so we put together a like fitness firearm course type of thing where they had to like run with the bag and shoot and then drop the bag and do burpees and then pick the bag up and then shoot again and um, hit different targets. And it was really, really fun. That one was fantastic. Um, Yeah. And so I've just done a few different ones. Yeah. I think that's great. Uh, the moment you said that, I had an idea for me. Uh, my agency, I just got placed on my uh, department's critical incident stress management team, which um, has nothing to do with physical fitness. But <laughs> my idea with it is kind of like this show, and I want to incorporate mental health, physical health, all this stuff together. And I was like, man, what if like we did like a Spartan race, but it was only for members of the police department, right? And then it would incorporate team building it would incorporate fitness it would be, it'd be so many things so yeah. nobody steal my idea i just got it i wrote it down <laughs> this, this day this time <laughs> um 
but just different ideas. And the idea of doing fitness and shooting, uh, I'm sure people are, because people used to bitch when I was in the police academy, we'd be at the range and they'd be like, oh, someone did something, a minor violation, go run to the fence and back and whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's good because when you get into a high stress situation, your body's going to respond in different mm-hmm. ways. And we are at the firing range is a very sterile environment. So whatever they can do to stress you out and make mm-hmm. your body tired yeah. is good. And if you're doing with the, with the uh, sandbag, obviously so many different things for role playing and things like that, that you can simulate. Absolutely. It was a fantastic idea. I'm hoping that he'll want to do another one. I reached out um, cause he does it on the side. It's not like his main thing. Mm-hmm. Sure, but, um, sure. if I told, told him I'm down anytime you want to go, like it's so much fun. So um I don't know where we were going with that. Just talking about the importance of using that sandbag. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, and even if you're not in law enforcement, and I'm sure most of your audience is in law enforcement, but, you know, your spouse. So if you're a a dude listening to this and your wife, um, she and you guys have kids, she can benefit from the sandbag because it's so it's so similar to picking up your child mm-hmm. and, and laying him or her down when, when they're, you know, asleep. Um, it just sim- simulates so many everyday things that we do that to not train with it just doesn't make sense. And I guess maybe that's why I love it so much. Because yeah, that makes sense. So- but uh, I, I just want to recommend do not clean and jerk your children. That would not work out too well. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I will say, like, when, when my nieces and nephews were, like, super tiny, I would do things like that, but a little more gentler than I would yeah, a, dar- yeah. a barbell or something like that. You definitely squat with them. You can squat yes. with them. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, you can, and you can press them. You, know, you can bench press your things. That yeah, works, absolutely. too. <laughs> absolutely. But you know, if, if babies cool. have to work out, mom and dad have to work yeah, out. Just, of course. <laughs> but it, you um, know, it's not just for, for law enforcement. I definitely think it's for stay at home moms or working moms or, you know, people who want that functional fitness in their life. Right. And I, I that's what I was kind of going to get to is like, it's functional. It's not just static. And this, I mean, the, the traditional weightlifting that all has its place and it's tried oh, through sure. method and it's yeah. mature. But as far as functional, and, you know, I think there's a lot that you can do with it. Yes. And I've definitely seen you do a lot with it. So yeah. Yeah. The right. thing you did the other day where you were standing on like the balance ball oh, and gosh. I was like, no, I'd, I'd bust my ass. <laughs> well, ain't no way. I hesitate to post those things. I really do because that is not how I train all the time. And that's not something that's really going to build your muscles or um, give you the physique you're looking for or whatever. I do those things because they're really fun for me. And like I said, yeah. I, I have to keep things fun and interesting. And that is something when I can challenge myself, that that's going to keep it fun for me. And so standing on the BOSU ball and doing a clean and press and then into a squat, it's, it's really challenging. And I, um, I didn't hit it the first time, but, you know, I hit it probably like the second time and it was good to go. So, it's fun. And, you know, I think that's with like we were saying before, like you, you've got to have fun with what you're doing. Um, especially fitness is no different, you know, whatever your, uh, current focus is, whether it's fitness, nutrition, whatever, it's gotta be fun. It's gotta be enjoyable. It's gotta be something you want to come back to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, no big deal with that. And as far as like content creation, you really sometimes got to think outside the box and be like, all right, let me post something that I haven't posted 10 million times. And yeah. And see, I've, because I'm in the fitness space, um, I follow a lot of fitness uh, professionals and well, professionals and air quotes, you guys, but a lot of people who are, they really come down on, um, 
influencers, which is fine. I think a lot of influencers are, are full of crap, but you, you do have to be creative with your workouts because if you're not, it does get really repetitive and boring. And yes, the repetitive, boring things do give you results. They do like, you know, you're, there's no way around that. You have to be willing to do the mundane things. Sure. But if you can add in, and this is where I like to be, I I, I do the, the bench press, the squat, the I don't deadlift because of my back, but I do all of like, you know, those basic things. But then I add in an element of fun to that. Mm-hmm. And that's where the sandbag mm-hmm. really comes in for me is it makes it enjoyable and challenging. Sure. And it's, it's, you've got to do it. Yeah. And so yeah. I don't really care. Like when I see trainers doing wild stuff or weird stuff, I, a lot of people will give them crap for it, but I'm like, you know what? They're having fun. They're trying something different. I mean, are they going to do that with their clients? Probably not. But um, if they do, whatever. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I feel like people take everything too seriously, including oh, crap sure. on the internet, you know, even like, harmless stuff like you know somebody posting something that's for fun for them uh, but they take it way too seriously oh, yeah. and you know unfortunately that's just the game we weave uh when we talk about content creation and stuff like that the moment you put it out there everyone's gonna have a different perspective on yeah. it and it's just like whatever yeah <laughs> um so to talk about fitness in, in more general terms um Fitness is a very important factor in in everybody's life and I feel like it's definitely um, underserved in a lot of ways. I think, you know, there's a good amount of people that are very, very um, comfortable in their fitness, but so many people are not. And it's so easy to kind of let it lapse mm-hmm. in your experience as a fitness trainer and just, you know, being, you know, this kind of fitness person on a public forum, what have you seen? What have people come up to you? Like, what is their, what's holding them back? from really getting um, serious and consistent with fitness and kind of getting themselves into a better, healthier lifestyle? Mm, That is such a good question. So I'm going to attack it from two angles, provided I can remember both of them. (laughs) It's the ADHD folks. Dude, oh my gosh. (laughs) It's so hard. But um, the very first thing that came to my mind was the fact that – it is 100% a mindset. It is a perception that we hold of what it means to be fit and to have a fit life and a fit lifestyle. So I'm going to give some examples here. Um, a lot of people hold this belief that if they don't go to the gym five days a week, an hour each day, that it's not worth it. And they, and they might not know that they hold that belief, but there is something in their, their subconscious, uh, maybe from high school when they were in, in sports and they had this crazy uh, gym schedule and they were fit and healthy. Um, or maybe it's just from seeing people, you know, influencers on the internet. Um, but they hold this belief that if it's not, this certain way, whatever way they think it is, then it's not worth it. And that's not true. And so the first thing that I would say is you need to identify what that is for you. What is that mindset that you have about fitness? 
do you believe that you can work out for 15 minutes a day and and it's worth it? Because if you can, then you, you will build a healthy lifestyle. If, if you don't believe that, then you're probably not going to stick to it for very long because most people, most people, not everybody, but most people are not willing to give an hour of their day five days a week. They're just not. Um, it's too uncomfortable and it's too time consuming to do that. So if you can change that belief and, and understand that you can get good results and have a healthy lifestyle or fitness lifestyle with, you know, 15 to 30 minutes, three times a week, then you're going to be successful because what does that do over time? It gives you the compound effect. That compound effect is what is going to change you because maybe in a year from now, when you have built in this 20 minute, three times a week ritual or um, routine, your lifestyle has changed and now you do have more time and you have more desire because you've seen over the last year that your body has changed. And you're like, whoa, well, if that worked, maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes a day will be better. And, and you can begin to build on that habit. But if you go right into it with that hour a day, five days a week, you're, you're probably not going to stick to it. Most people don't. Right, right. And that, I mean... I've kind of talked about it. I don't know if it's a previous episode or one coming up, but I've talked about like the, the fish going in the fishbowl. Like you can't just dunk it in there and expect things just to be fine. You got to, especially if you've never done this before, or it's been a long time since you have, you kind of have to ease yourself back into it. And by even doing that, even though it's a small step, it's still bigger steps than you took without doing anything. Absolutely. So, you know, I think we all, this has kind of been the uh, ongoing theme past couple episodes is like instant gratification we're all stuck on that we all want to hit the gym for the first hour come out looking like the rock which is not <laughs> it's not possible and, and you know i'm kind of i've been guilty of that in the past like oh, you know i'm not to some extent yeah so but you got to realize that if you do those 15 minutes every every other day for a year or a month or whatever in the grand scheme you're already on the path to mm-hmm. something better. So uh, I think you're absolutely right. And I, I can definitely see uh, people getting discouraged in the past. I've gotten discouraged where like, oh, it's been a month and I, I haven't, you know, I haven't hit a goal. Or if I, let's say I took time off because, you know, it's kind of with that like obsession thing we were talking about, like I'll, I'll do it for a while and then I back off for a while, you know? Um, and when I get back on it, if I don't, you know, if I don't instantly go back to where I was when I left off, I get discouraged and I'm like, all right, well, wh- why am I wasting my time? Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, honestly, and we, we all know this, that's not the case it, just by showing up, you're all automatically making improvements. You just got to yeah. stay consistent. Absolutely. Consistency over time is progress. That's right. And so I always like to remind my, my class when I teach, I teach a hit class and it. HIT stands for high intensity interval training, and it's very challenging. It's a 30 minute cycle style class, but we use the bike and we just really go all out. And it always amazes me when people show up for this class because it is so hard. And I am, I am not an easy coach. I get in their faces and I 
make them work. And the people who come back are the ones who like to work. <laughs> the ones who don't, they're like, oh, I don't know if I can take your class. <laughs> you know, but, it's crazy because you have this you have this very like calm and like kind of soothing do. demeanor. But at the same time, I totally picture you getting in I someone's do. face like, come on, Karen, move it. <laughs> Yeah, I do. And, um, and I, I warn them, especially if they're new. I'm like, look, you guys, I know I look sweet, but when I get going and when we get on this bike, it is on. We are here to work. <laughs> we are not here to play. We are here to get results. You have 30 minutes, you're in, you're out. And that is the point of this workout. So um, I am a bit of a hard driver when it comes to that. But what I tell them is that every time you show up, you are casting a vote for yourself. Every time you give yourself 30 minutes for this workout, you are casting a vote for yourself instead of against yourself. You're casting a vote for your health instead of against your health. And so if we can shift our mind to that, and that's what I've done. And, and you know, I've been doing this for a really long time now. And there have been times when, you know, I can't say that I've, there have been times when I haven't worked out um, just because it's so much of a habit. And because of my active brain, I have to move. I have to do things to get some of that anxiety out. So um, I also struggle with anxiety and sometimes depression um, pretty, pretty regularly. But I know that when I'm moving my body, all of, a lot of that goes away. A lot of it gets better at least more manageable. So I still move, but there have been times when it's been a lot less movement or it's been, you know, I've, I've had to tone it down for whatever reason, just because of the season of life that I'm in. So understanding that the way you view it is so crucial to whether you're going to stick with it or not. So I view it as, as a vote for myself. It's a vote for my health. Um, and every time I decide not to, if I were to decide not to, it would be a vote against me. Um, so that's that's one of my, my biggest tips for people to stay consistent is change your mindset about it. Like d decide that you're worth it. Decide that your health is worth it. And it doesn't have to be the way you thought it did. It doesn't have to be an hour or five days a week. It can be whatever you have truly have time for until you build more if you want to. Right. I agree. And uh, it kind of makes me think of, you know, that old saying like garbage in, garbage out, right? If you're going to mm -hmm. just go through and not do anything, then what do you think you're going to get? You're going to get a poor performance. You're going to get poor results. So at the end of the day, go at it. You're all, if you're going to do something, you might as well do it right from jump, you know? Yeah. So I, I agree completely. Um, Especially, you know, I mean, when you get something like a Planet Fitness or one of these like cheap like macro gyms where, you know, $5 and you have a membership, maybe that doesn't apply. But when if you go to like a legit gym or a CrossFit or Orange Theory, like one of these ones that kind of cost a good penny, like get your money's worth. Go in there and do the work. Absolutely. Yeah. Like that's, you know, I, I've been doing CrossFit for nine months now or something. And, you know, I've had I've had my own struggles with getting my nutrition under uh, under control. But when I get to the gym, like I'm going all out, you know, like yeah. to the point of like, I look at my Fitbit, I'm like, Oh boy, they better start calling EMS in a minute here, but <laughs> I'm getting it because one, I'm paying a good amount of money for yeah. it. And two, like, I'm going to, that's just always been me. If I'm going to show up, I'm going to show up and try to do my best. And yeah, again, consistency over time, just the last class I got, you know, 
Uh, I went from like baby moves to like something legit. Like, hey, wow. you're actually doing proper form now. Exciting. Which to right, it was, and I was getting to the point where I'm like, man, I'm never gonna get this right. And to actually get that like that bump up to you know kind of an improvement, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, look at that. There's my you know. It took nine months, but that's okay. Like, it is. it's not gonna happen overnight. And that's the thing is, if you can understand that you're playing the long game with this. And if you can switch from this 30 day fix or this 90 day program, I'm not against those. I just want to be clear. I am not against 30 day programs, uh, jump starts, um, any of that stuff, because it can get you into the mindset that you need to be in. Unfortunately, what happens is that we stop there. We make that our mindset instead of I'm going to be 75 one day, 80 years old, God willing. I don't want to be using a walker or a cane. I don't want to look. I don't want to look like I'm going to die. I want to look good. I want to feel good. If I'm going to live that long, I need to do things now that will help me live that long and feel good doing it. There's no point in living until you're 75, 80 years old if you're just in bed all day and if people have to bring you food. Mm-hmm. The, what, what quality of life is that? It's not. Right. So that's that's where you have to take. And again, it comes back to your mindset. Your mindset has to be, okay, it's not about the next 30 days. It's about the rest of my life. What, what, do I, what am I going to do when I'm 65, 75, 85? Am I right. going to be able to walk? Am I going to be strong enough? Am I going to fall and break my hip and die within a year? Because the statistic shows that um, it's somewhere in the 40 to 60%. I can't remember exactly that of the people who fall and break a hip uh, within a year, that many, that percentage of people die between 40 and 60. It's, it's a high number. It's too mm-hmm. high. It's not 10%. Or 20%. It's a lot of them will die within a year. So that statistic alone should show you how important strength training is because strength training is what makes your bones stronger. So as we age, especially women, because of our hormones, as we age, we want strong bones so that when we fall, if we trip on something, we're going to be okay. We're going to heal back the way we're supposed to. So, um, yeah, I'm like, sorry, I got a little passionate. No, no, I like that. I like, there's the fire. Um, <laughs> no, and just to kind of go on on that a little bit, you know, my dad, uh, he passed away in his mid seventies, and he, but he was sick for probably the better part of a decade, if not more. Mm-hmm. And you know, every time he would kind of get sick, or he he had many strokes, but every time he would have a new one, you know, we'd kind of like cheer him on and be like, you know, do your physical therapy because that's going to build up strength so that way if you get sick again it's gonna you know give you more strength to fight yada 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 and that is a thousand percent true so why not start as early as you can Mm -hmm. um you know you don't you don't want to be that feeble old person you know who can't take care of themselves and i've you know law enforcement fire ems we've all been to those calls where you know Mm -hmm. little little grandma gets you know she falls can't get up Yes, there is a point where, you know, you get to your your late 90s or whatever, and that's going to happen. But we've all seen those old folks who are in better shape than we are. So it's like you are the only one that has the decision on that. And as far as like nutrition, and I'm kind of yelling at myself in this point, but like (laughs) if you, you know, cardiovascular issues or whatever it might be, weight 
you know, if you can start fixing the problem today, so that way you don't have heart problems or kidney problems or whatever that in the future, like why, why not set yourself up a vote for yourself? That's a great term. Um, you know, get, get yourself in order while you can, while you still have free capable movements of like, yeah. Well, and, and I'll tell you why it's because most people aren't thinking long-term right. and, and a lot, a lot of that does have to do with social media and instant gratification and the fact that we think, you know, it, it should be fast because we live in a microwave world where you put it in for one minute and you're done. And that's not fitness. That, that is just not how it works. You put in 10 years, <laughs> 20 years, the rest of your life, you have to be able to com- commit to, to living some sort of active lifestyle. And that is why I go back to that love of movement because mm-hmm. if you don't love some aspect of movement, then you're not going to stick with it. You just, yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll do it for a little bit and then you'll stop and then you'll do it for a little bit and you'll stop. And then eventually you might just give up altogether. Oh yeah. You know, when I was 30 years old, I used to do this, this, and this, and now you're 60 and you know can't get off the couch. When mm-hmm. I, uh, last year I went on a, like a little vacation thing by myself in a, I went to a cabin and did you do like an eat, pray, love type of thing? You kind of went on a self finding journey. No, <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I, never I thought that's where that. we were going. No, no, no. Okay. So, um, I was by myself and I did have a lot of reflection, a lot of time for reflecting, but I, I had a purpose in going and I, I ran into this old man. I was getting coffee and I, I sat down with my coffee and um, he started talking to me and he, he was pretty old. I can't remember exactly how old, but he was not healthy at all. You could tell like he was, he had a cane next to him. He was overweight. His feet were, I don't know if he had diabetes or what, but you could tell it was not a good situation. And so we're, we're talking and telling him, you know, kind of what I do. And he goes, you know, if I would have known that I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of myself. Mm. And it was just so eye-opening to me to hear that from his mouth. Somebody who's, he had to have been in his 70s. And he said, if I would have known I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of myself. And And I just thought to myself, you know, we're here now. We're not 70. More, more than likely, the people listening to your show are not even 60. I mean, there might be a few. But we have that opportunity now to make choices that when we are 70, we're not going to say that we're not going to say, man, if I would have known I was going to live this long. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that, you know, I've noticed talking to older people, I'm going back to my dad, but you know, his, his big thing, he was a workaholic and I definitely inherited a lot of that. I I'll work till I, pass out basically and you know his big thing was like you know don't burn burn the candle at both ends blah 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 and looking at him right i saw what workaholic my or lifestyle did to him you know it whittled him down basically till he passed away the same idea though any any conversation you have with somebody you gotta kind of have to take that as a look into the future right ghost of christmas future you know like this is what we need to fix and i also i i kind of want to take a quick little disclaimer and go if you are older right we're talking about 20s and 30s and stuff but if you're in your 40s 50s 60s 
no time like the present. Let's go ahead. You can get after it just as you, know, you can be. You can be that person getting at it at forty, and you suddenly look, you know, thirty. I, I yeah. Well, no. And there's this woman that I found a couple of years. It might have been a couple of years ago. Now she didn't start training until she was in her seventies, and then she mm-hmm. ended up going into like um, bikini figure competitions, oh, and wow. she was like seventy something, and and she looked amazing. Like absolutely amazing. And she didn't even start maybe late sixties. I don't know. She was, she was up there in age and she said, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to do this. And there's, it's a sweet story that goes with that. But the point is your, your age doesn't have to limit you. You can absolutely start right now where you are, even if, and I tell this everybody, even if you're just going to go for a walk for 10 minutes. I mean, if you follow me on Instagram, you see, I go for walks constantly. I, I usually throw the sandbag on my back and I go for a walk and it, I'll end my workout that way. I'll start my workout that way. Um, sometimes that is my workout. It's just Mm -hmm. movement. You just got to move your body. And even just thinking about walking, even if you like forget about the fitness aspect of it getting outside and walking is such a cleansing experience for oh me my gosh. It's um, you know for me i i i enjoy going out and just putting music on and just walking kind of mm-hmm. getting lost in it mm-hmm. um some people tell you like when you take these kind of walks don't do it whatever like find what works for you and go yeah um but to me it's just so cleansing the sun this is gonna sound kind of hippy dippy but the sun <laughs> like it's, it does something special no, no, no. to that vitamin D. If you list, do you ever listen to the Huberman Lab podcast or do you follow him on social media? I, I do not, but keep okay, going. Okay, but you should. I, I, I may have to use it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I'm pretty nerdy when it comes to this stuff and it's very scientific. Um, he's a PhD, a, I don't know, Stanford or something like that. And uh, But he has this podcast and it's so informational I just geek out on it every single week. I can't wait for it to come out. But there is so much science, so much data to back up the fact that getting out in the sun for at least 10 minutes a day, it helps your it helps you sleep better. It helps your hormones. It helps you boost your mood. Um, I mean, the list goes on. It, it is the best thing. If you can get out in the morning, especially, if you can get out when the sun is coming up, and go for a short walk, dude, your, your life will change. It is amazing. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I've done it's it. Science, I, I, it. It's not just hippie. Science. science. <laughs> science. Right. But it's uh, the real no, kind. Okay. Right, right, right. No, no fake science here. No, I, um, a few, I, I've been so bad with it, with the switch to day shift and stuff, but I used to do that. I would wake up and I go for like maybe an hour walk around the neighborhood mm. and then I come back and I just felt so good, refreshed. Huh? Yep. Yeah. So refreshed and cleansed and, um, ready to start my day at that yeah. point. Actually, absolutely. I, this week, I think I'm going to get back on then now that we're you talking should. about it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Even if it's and not an hour, maybe, it, maybe you got 10 minutes. It, maybe it's 15 minutes a day. Yeah. That's what we're saying. Just 15 absolutely. minutes a day. Um, so we were talking yesterday, I think it was yesterday or maybe the day before about like society gets on us a lot and we get on ourselves because of it. And we start dealing with like body dysmorphia. We start like really getting in our head and where you even like you look in the mirror and you might be doing these 15 minutes a day. You might be consistent with it for a year and you're looking at the person in the mirror and you're going, 
still not good enough. Like mm-hmm. still suck. I'm still that guy from a year ago, that girl from a year ago. I'm making no progress, even though, you know, you are, um, but you just get stuck in it. Your mind gets in it. And for me, that negative self-talk is enough to shut the whole thing down. Like we're, we're going to just burn the ships and we're done. Yeah. Um, what do we do about that? What does someone do when, you know, they're their own worst enemy mm-hmm. and basically cancel all the work that they've done up to that point? I mean, unfortunately we don't have the capability to rewire the brain, but we know we're going to start end up thinking about this. So what do we, what do we do? Well, that's, it's funny you say that because we do have the capability to rewire our brains and um, I've, I've done it. And that's why I can say that, because um, if you look at my Instagram, um, I've, I've posted a few pictures actually recently of the, the first photo shoot that I did. Um, and I want to say it was 2015. And then I did another one in 2016. And um, during that time, I got to the leanest and uh, fittest version of myself. And, uh, (laughs) it's so interesting because when I look back on those pictures, now the me now that sees them, I'm like, holy cow, I looked amazing. I like, I looked, I looked really good, Mm. but the me then said it wasn't good enough. It was never good enough. I was never good enough. And so I would push and push and push and I wrecked my hormones. I wrecked my metabolism. I almost wrecked my marriage. You know, I, I did, I I was just so hard on myself and it was because I thought that I didn't look good enough. Um, and, and of course from that time until now, I have been working on my, my mind and my mental uh, state, my mental health. And I am at a place now where I appreciate my body for what it can do, for what it has done. Obviously, I've birthed four children, but also for what it does for me every single day. And so I am in the middle, and it's so funny that we're having this conversation now. Um, I'm in the middle of another, another cut, a very intense cut. In fact, one that I haven't done since that very first photo shoot. And this time it is so much healthier. Um, I'm not, I'm not hard on myself. I'm not, um, making myself do hours of cardio as, as punishment because I had too much peanut butter or something. Um, I'm not angry all the time. And so the, the thing is, is that it takes a lot of work. And so I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say, Oh yeah, you just, it's so easy. Like you just start saying positive things and you're, you look in the mirror and you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm so wonderful. I'm so beautiful and fit. And then everything's better. It does not work that way. I'm so sorry to tell you. <laughs> it works more like the negative thought. You, you become aware that you have body dysmorphia, for example. Um, you become aware of that. And then you become aware of the thoughts that enter your mind and maybe the situations that trigger those thoughts. Maybe it's a certain mirror. Every time you walk past that mirror, it gives you an angle of yourself that you don't really like. 
And so that trigger causes a thought that you're too fat or you're ugly or you're whatever. So you become aware of that and I don't know, move the mirror. Don't look in that mirror. That's a, that's the first step, honestly. Uh And from there, then you can start dissecting that thought that you had. That thought was, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm too fat or this part. Okay. So for me, I'll give you a very personal example because I like that a lot more. Uh, I, all I always disliked my legs always did not. I, I thought, you know, I have too much cellulite or they're too thick or they're, you know, whatever I felt at the time. And so anytime I would go past a certain mirror or reflection, I would see that and I, it would trigger this dislike for my mm-hmm. legs. And so, um, one day I decided I, I had this thought, I was like cleaning a table and I go, I thought, my goodness, what if I didn't even have legs? Like, what if I had two, um, prosthetics and, and I had to deal with, would I be happier if I had two prosthetics because then they wouldn't have cellulite or would I then have to deal with the whole host of problems that comes with having two prosthetics, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it was, it was in that moment when I decided, you know what, I don't want to think that way anymore. I don't want to have those thoughts. Now that doesn't mean they didn't come. The thoughts still came. The negative thoughts still found their way into my head. So don't, don't hear that. It's just going to go away. It's not, but when it does come, you, you can, you can combat it with a different thought. And eventually the, the thought that you're using to combat it with becomes the thought that you have. So it will eventually take its place. It takes time. It takes energy and it takes effort. So I want to encourage anybody who's listening that if you do find yourself being really negative towards yourself, start there, start with that awareness and, and then deciding, you know what, I'm, I'm not happy with this thought. This thought is not serving me anymore. I want to change it to something else and and Mm -hmm. be willing to change it because at the end of the day, um, it's you're the only one who can change it. And you're only sabotaging yourself. You're only hurting yourself by thinking those things. Right. And you know, it's, it's not only that, I think it's also, we get our own confirmation bias, right? So like, if you think, man, I'm still overweight, you know, after doing so much work, you go by that mirror, you look, you're going to find the smallest imperfection or you're going to step oh, on the scale and be like the numbers off. And that's going to be your proof. Like, Oh, see, I'm right. I'm right. I'm, I'm a fast, fat piece of shit, blah, blah, blah. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm saying this cause I'm guilty of that same self-talk. Mm-hmm. But I think what it comes down to is living intentionally thinking intentionally, right? Like yeah. you're saying, like if that mirrors the problem, if that scales a problem, move them, get them Mm -hmm. out of the way, but you're not going to go and, you know, avoid all reflective surfaces. You're not, you're not a vampire, right? You're going to see yourself in a car reflection, whatever. Yeah. So, so, but what happens is when, when you start like thinking about those thoughts, right. As thoughts, right. Not, not like ruminating on them, right. They come in. I used to be really big into like Eastern meditation. I would do it 
try to do it nightly right before bed. And one of the, one of the things I would listen to and they were talking, I used the app headspace mm-hmm. and they said, um, cause like in, in, in Eastern meditation, the idea is like focusing on breathing, not thinking, right. but thoughts are going to happen. Mm-hmm. So when that thought comes in, the, the teacher would say, all right, treat it. Like you're going to touch it. You're like, you're touching a bowling ball with a feather, right? Just touch it. That's a thought. And then move on, go back to your breathing. And so put that mindset, that idea, that strategy into these negative thoughts or like these, these um, intrusive thoughts, right? Like, okay, yes, I'm thinking that I don't like what I look like. Mm -hmm. That's there. That thought is there. I'm not going to avoid it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do anything with it. It's Mm -hmm. there. I'm moving on. Yeah. The other thing is um, that all kind of ties into awareness, Mm -hmm. right? Because like, you know about it, you're in the moment. So as you were saying that, I'm like scribbling as fast as I can so I don't lose these ideas. <laughs> but it's all kind of tying into this whole living intentionally thing. Like intentionally don't yeah. do that. And then be yeah. aware of your thoughts. Because something that I've learned through therapy, right, is like if we fight these thoughts, if we're like, no, I'm not thinking it, blah, blah, blah. It's just going to blow our house yeah. down. It's going to be the big bad wolf. Yeah. But if we just kind of like open the door, let the strong wind come through, mm-hmm. let it pass. Yeah. And then we just clean up the mess, but don't, you know, and any, another thing, right. Uh, I guess we'll touch on it now is like any setback, right. Let's say you're working at the gym. Something comes up that you maybe miss some time. Like I got I AKA medical COVID. COVID. Yeah. That's a great <laughs> one. That derailed so many. People. Yes. So like, but that, that setback is not the end of the game it's either. Not, right. It's not. So, it kind of just goes with like, all right, now we're going to get back onto it and yeah. go from there. Right. Yeah. And you know, I think with that, let's talk about that for just a second. The idea of having a setback is it, does it happen? Absolutely. In fact, you can count on it happening. Yeah. And mm-hmm. some of these setbacks you can probably even plan for. So like, there will be setbacks, but what if when those setbacks come, instead of throwing in the towel and being like, oh, well, I guess I can't do that. What if we reframe it and set a new goal? So, you know, your, your schedule changes at work. Okay. Well, then now you can't work out at this time or you can't work out for this amount of time. What can you do instead? It's, it's all about asking yourself better questions instead sure. of, instead of just saying, oh, can't do it. And I'm guilty of that in so many areas of my life. I'm not guilty of that in fitness. So <laughs> I feel like like when I say this, I'm like, oh, there's so many areas where I need to use this, but I'm good at it with fitness. So with fitness, I, I, I don't say, okay, for example, I have terrible back issues. I just have, I have so many physical problems that when I list them out for people, they're like, how are you walking? Mm-hmm, <laughs> what mm-hmm. is going on? Um, it's, it's bad. But when, when my back goes out, um, and that's a loose term that I use for, I can't move. I focus on something else. I don't just stop. I almost never stop. The only time I stopped was when I actually had COVID and I, I was down, like I, I could not literally do anything. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, if I can move, you better believe I am finding a way to move. So when my back went out uh, last year, really, really bad, all I could do was walk and I could barely walk. It was more like a shuffle. It took me 30 minutes to go one mile. 
And mm-hmm. if, if you if you've never tracked mileage, typically it takes about nineteen to twenty minutes for somebody who's just kind of moseying to go a mile. Right. Um, you accidentally <laughs> hit a mile at twenty minutes. It took thirty minutes for me to intentionally walk a mile, so it was really bad that time. And and but I'm saying that to to remind you that just because you have a setback for your fitness doesn't mean you can't reframe your fitness or your movement. And if you just think about it, like we all move, right? I mean, unless you're in a wheelchair and and I follow some people in wheelchairs who are killing it in the fitness game. So that's not even an excuse. Like you, you can still move your body. And if you reframe it to movement, which is what I've been doing a lot lately, a lot of my content has been uh, towards the uh, verbiage of movement, move your body. I don't care what you're doing. You just need to be moving because that gets your blood flowing. That gets your hormones working properly. That releases uh, anxiety and, and the things that, that really hold us back. So move your body, reframe it. It doesn't have to be a setback. I agree. I agree completely. And it's, it all goes back to the mindset. It all goes back to the idea and, and thought. So I think, I think you're, you're spot on with all that. And I hope everybody listening is kind of getting that like uh, this coming week, I'm going to have to take a week off uh, CrossFit getting a few medical things taken care of. And, you know, I can't do lifting or fast mm-hmm. movement, but I can walk yeah. and that's what I'm planning to do. I'll be doped up on uh, some, uh, some light, light painkillers, yeah. but I'm going to be walking. I'll be, I'll be yeah. doing that moseying, uh, 30 minute mile. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So this has been a great conversation, Heaven. I think we really talked about a lot of things as far as like the structure of fitness, why it's important. And then also kind of theoretical thoughts as far as like, Hey, this is good for you as a person, mm-hmm. not just for your body itself. I do have two questions that my, uh, wonderful followers ask they're kind of one's good one is just out there but we're gonna hit them both we're gonna hit them both and then then i got i got something for you at the end so the first one is what is the atomic number of the element uranium what yeah see i told you it's totally out there like i I nothing to do with fitness i know i said i literally the way i worded i said fitness wellness nutrition anything else that's what screwed me up i said anything else i should not have said that i should not have said that so so, so the person who's listening, um, I am sorry. I do nerd out on things, but it's usually not those things. <laughs> sorry. Try again. Um, but this one, this one's good. Uh, this is the only actual like workout specific question, okay, but okay. what is the best abs and ass workout for females? But I feel like it could be for anybody as well. Okay. So I'm going to give you um, really good, some really good information here. Listen up for your abs. Hit me with it for your abs. If you want a strong core, now, okay, you have to understand there's a difference between having a six pack that shows up and having a strong core. So to have a strong core, literally any exercise you do that is a compound movement, as long as you're bracing properly, will strengthen your core. You do not have to do 100 sit-ups a night to have a strong core. Um, That being said, I prefer farmer walks or farmer carries, whatever you want to call them. Deadlifts are great if you have the ability to do that. Like I said earlier, I do not deadlift anymore because of my back issues. I can deadlift lightweight, like, I don't know, 135, 155, somewhere in there, but I can't go heavy anymore with my deadlifts. 
And uh, that's a good one. Squatting. If you're squatting properly, you're going to uh, use your core. Um, as far as like having a six pack that shows up, that is going to be in the kitchen. You are going mm-hmm. to have to dial in your nutrition. If you're a female asking this, I'm assuming, because I think she said it was for females. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to be fighting hormones, specifically estrogen that wants to hold on to fat for you in case you, you know, want to have a baby or something. Um, you're going to hold on to some extra fat. And so your nutrition as a female has to be dialed in. And that's where the diet culture mindset situation really comes into play. And I don't think we have time to really talk about that, but you're going to want to um, eat protein, make sure you're getting adequate protein. And I'm not going to touch on vegan versus meat eater. Any of that. <laughs> I do not care what diet you choose as long as you're getting enough protein. Um, you can do your research, do what feels good for your body. Listen to your body. If you're eating foods that hurt you, stop it. Don't eat them or eat them sparingly. Um, and you want protein. You want an adequate amount of fat as a female, because even though it's higher in calories, it will help your hormones function better and your brain. So you don't want to cut out fat. Having little to no fat is very bad for you. Um, and keep carbs, keep carbs like after your workouts specifically, especially if they're fast acting carbs, higher sugar carbs, you want those after your workout because that's when your body's calling for it. It will use it up readily versus just eating it and storing it. Um, mm-hmm. So that's just a really, really quick overview. I mean, oh my gosh, that's a whole hour. We could do a whole hour on nutrition. Just, oh my gosh, just the abs part alone. So, you know, (laughs) if you want to dial in as far as seeing the abs, you you absolutely have to count your macros and your calories. Like that's it. And it's it's fun for some people and it's super, super sucky for some people. (laughs) Some people just like, they you say macros and they're like, I roll to the back of their head. (laughs) Yeah. That's going to be a no for me, dog. Yeah. It's going to be something like that. No, for Uh, sure. So the Um, funny thing is, is if you can, if you, if, if you can find a way to count macros, um, sometimes it becomes addictive. Um, you can actually get, uh, addicted to doing it because there's so much control and people who are control freaks tend to have a really hard time with stopping, uh, counting macros because they know exactly what they're eating and there's a massive sense of control. So it can be very uh, tricky if, if you're listening to this and you have an eating disorder, I do not recommend, um, or if you have any sort of disordered eating, there's a difference. Um, I do not recommend counting macros. I would get away from diets altogether and of course seek help if you have not. And quickly, I wanted to touch on the gl- glute. She wanted a glute exercise. Mm-hmm. So, I have three main exercises that I always do um, weekly, and that is the hip thrust. Uh, I don't want to go into too much detail here. You can research hip thrust, but basically you put some sort of weight over your hips and you lift your butt up into the air. You can either be on a bench. If you're on on the ground, it's called a glute bridge. So there's there's a slight difference, but you're working the same muscles. And... I squat a, some sort of squat. It does not have to be a back squat. So I have back issues and I don't do back squats very often, but I do front squats. I do, um, 
I do a uh, hack squat. I do landmine squat. Um, I do Bosu ball squats. I just any kind of squat, really just get your butt down and then push them up. <laughs> so, right. And then lunges. Lunges are a fantastic glute exercise. Any variation, there's about 10 to 15 variations of lunges that you can do. Research them, find one you like, find two, three, four you like. I go through about five different variations of lunges that I like. And, uh, and I do those weekly. I think those are all good. As far as the nutrition goes, um, there's many options out there. I worked with the nutritionist from the UK for almost two years straight. He was great. Um, just my life when I moved kind of went crazy. I didn't get, I didn't link back up with him yet, but it's coming. There's help out there. Uh, one of the sponsors for the show right now is a nutritionist. So you can always reach out to him. You can always reach out to heaven. She can always kind of guide you in the right way. And, um, there's a lot of options out there. Just make sure careful, like with these internet gurus that are going to just try to tell you to take, you know, these pills and shit like that. That's, that, that's what you want to avoid. Yes. Um, I am not a nutritionist, but I kind of still remember the stuff that the guy taught me and I'm trying to get back on that train. So, you know, there's plenty of things out there, but definitely, um, abs are made in the kitchen, right? Isn't that the, that's the same. They really are. It's, it's so upsetting. <laughs> it is, it is for sure. But you know, what I'm learning is that there's so many, like, I feel like the food industry is so, yeah, it's, it's bad. There's so much bad stuff out there, but there's so many people trying to be good, but also have the tasty stuff, you know, with it. And so there's so many options now, like copycat uh, recipes so and stuff many. like that, that are good for yeah. you. So, and they um, taste good. You yeah. Have to yeah, be willing to try it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not all like sometimes, you know, my, my big thing with meal prepping is it's, it's a mess or it's a lot of work or something. It's not all that way. There's a lot mm -hmm. of like easy recipes that you can just throw in and, and you get a lot out of it. Absolutely. So, um, and the, the exercises you suggested are great. And, um, there's two things I was thinking about is that one, the, the farmer walk that you talked about, we all walk. Why not just hold weights while you do yeah. it and walk around? You know what I mean? Um, and you don't even need weights. It could literally be something small or it could be nothing at all. Again, it goes back to our walk yeah. comment. Mm -hmm. um, and then the the um, the squatting, like if you're just standing, right? Like even if you, you're like me and you have a sedentary job right now, get up and, and squat. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, your coworkers might look at you like you're weird, but <laughs> make it fun. Make it make it a um, make it like a work competition or something. Like, Absolutely. You can do so much shit with that. You really All right, Heaven, this is good. Yeah, this is going to um, we're going to wrap up, but I've got one last thing for you. I call it the mental minute where I'm going to hit you with some fire rapid fire questions and oh see what you come back with. OK, oh, OK, try not to think about them too hard. It's not that crazy. <laughs> All right. You ready? Yes. Your your face when I said that, you're like, oh, my God, <laughs> it's really not that bad. All right. OK, she for everyone. No one can see this, but she's panicking right now. <laughs> Go. All right, this over go. With. <laughs> what is the best book you've read recently? Oh my gosh. Um, um I'm gonna go <laughs> I'm gonna go with um extreme ownership. I can't say it was that recently. It was like uh, a year and a half, maybe two years ago, but it just stuck with me. So okay. extreme ownership. I've got that on my bookshelf, like, I just haven't listened to it or read it yet. But, do it. Yeah. Um, what is something you do to ground yourself? <sighs> mm, music. Music? 
music has been my go-to lately and especially older stuff stuff that you know i listened to um when i was a kid or, or a teenager really um stuff that you know kind of puts me back in that space of life was easy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it didn't feel easy at the time but comparatively um it was easy and so music is is definitely a go-to but i also read i love to read if i can get lost in a good book um that is my happy place does not happen very often anymore but uh, mm-hmm. music and walking that's something i can do and i can take my dog with me and i love my dog she is so precious so awesome what kind of dog do you have <laughs> she is a mini double doodle and so um it's a different kind of breed <laughs> but she she looks like a double doodle but she's small like ish she's like a medium sized dog and she is just the cutest little thing ever she's so fluffy i'll post more pictures on on the internet of her because she is just the, the funnest little dog i love her yeah and the internet loves dog pictures so yeah. i mean it's gonna be perfect <laughs> um <laughs> And honestly, when you talk about music, that's kind of how you and I met because yeah. when I had BC Sanders on yes. my show, you posted a couple questions and that's how we kind of linked up. And that's right. The history. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, I, and I was like, I have no idea who the Sambi, Sandbag Queen is. And he's like, oh, no, she's awesome. So <laughs> that, he was right. BC Much like everything funny. else, BC was right. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, what do you do for self-care? Self-care. Self-care for me is definitely exercise. But when I say that, I also have to be careful because um, I get I have I have a tendency to get addicted to it or to use it to avoid problems. So um, I always feel better after I work out, but I can overdo it easily. So um, but that is definitely a go to for me. Okay. I'm not really into the bubble baths and the manicures and all that. It's not my jam, but a good cardio session or a good lifting session is, is really good. Hey, the same endorphins get released, right? It's just a yeah. different way of doing it. <laughs> Would you open up an envelope with your death date on the inside of it? Absolutely not. I don't care. Um, I think so. My dad died when uh, I was 20, 20, 21. I, I can't remember. It's been like, almost 14 years. And, um, if I, if I would have known, um, I, I don't, I don't know that I would have changed anything, but I also, it would have caused so much pain prior to, to his passing that it wouldn't have been worth it. So I got to cherish, you know, I got to cherish the time that I had with him. And I feel the same about myself. Like if I know when I'm going to die, um, I, I don't think I'll be as intentional with my time because because what if it's in you know when I'm 80? Well, I've got 50 years to spare or whatever, right. um, yeah. so I can screw around for another 20 years before I get my act together. But if I've only got five days, well, that changes things. Sure, changes so perspective. I would not open that. Okay, I agree with that. Would you be friends with yourself? Yes, I'm an awesome person. <laughs> 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 I am so fun when. Um, when I'm well caffeinated and sometimes <laughs> I'm, I'm a lot more fun when I'm tipsy. So um, mm. no, Are I, we all? <laughs> no, I, um, I would now I would be friends with the heaven that I am now, not the heaven I was, you know, six, seven years ago. She was a mess. Okay. coming soon to a drunk cop podcast near you. <laughs> <in heaven. laughs> 
see what kind of trouble heaven can get oh, into. Oh dear. <laughs> what do you want from other people? I want them to value themselves because if they can value themselves, they will value other people. What sort of impact are you looking to make and how will you make it? <sighs> Move your body. Move your body. And um, I'm working on that daily. Every time I post, it's it's my mission to encourage somebody to move their body, to um, appreciate the body that they have. Even if it's not the body you want, it's still the body you have. And you, you should show that body gratitude because it's literally getting you through your day. It's literally, you're walking, these legs are getting you through your day, that your heart is pumping, your, your lungs are pumping, like your, your body is amazing. And if you can see it that way, you will be more willing to treat it well. So to, to move your body, to um, love yourself, love yourself enough to move your body and to know that you're worth it. What do you think the meaning of life is? Mm. <laughs> you got deep real quick there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I was raised a Christian and I'm still a Christian. I'm an active believer. And I do think the meaning of life is um, far beyond ourselves. And I, I do not believe that we're just here to serve ourselves. I believe that we are here for a higher purpose. Um, I never push that belief on other people. And I, I don't think that you have to believe what I believe. Um, but I do believe that each one of us has an innate desire for something beyond ourselves and that we were created with a desire to help other people and to make a difference in the world. At least those of us who are right in our minds, there are some mm-hmm. crazy people out there that I don't know if they have that, but <laughs> those of us who are somewhat sane, um, we, I do believe we were created for um, a higher purpose and to, to build one another up and to um, encourage each other. And um, each of us, I believe we've, we've been given different talents. We've been given different desires and abilities. And when we find what that is and we start to use that for the good of other people, I think that's our purpose. And it doesn't have to be one specific thing, but um, as long as you are moving in that direction, you'll find it. And, and that's your purpose. That's what I think. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that we all have our different things, right? Our different niches. So that, Mm -hmm. and that's the reason why, because, you know, yours is fitness. Mine might be talking to people. Like everybody has a purpose because we all have the same purpose. Then we're really not accomplishing anything. So the fact that we all, you know, we all have different pieces to this puzzle. I think Mm -hmm. that's, that's humanity. My next question, my phone turned off. How do you define the word friendship? Hmm. This is a strange one for me because I've always been kind of a lone wolf. I have always been somebody who doesn't quite fit in, had a hard time making friends, and people liked me. So I was always liked. Um, But I finding really good friends was challenging. But I think I, I have a couple good friends, people that I would consider good friends. And I think what makes a good friendship is, um, when you know that person is going to be there for you, even when you haven't asked them to, and they show up and they give up themselves. And when you do that back to them in return, that's a good friendship. 
And finally, how do you define the word happy and what makes you happy? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> happy. That's a tough one for me. That's a really, really hard question for me to answer. I think, I think we're, if we're always chasing happiness, I don't know that we're going to find it, you know, because there's a pursuit of it, which means you don't have it yet. But, um, man, this is a really hard question because if you're looking at it from a feeling standpoint, like a happy feeling, then lots of things can make you happy, make you feel happy. You know, a friend brings you dinner that makes you feel happy or your kids do something funny and that makes you feel happy. Um, but are you happy innately? Are you, you know, do you embody happiness or are they one in the same? And, and honestly, that's a question that I am, I am wrestling with myself and I have been for the last six months or so. Um, and I've asked myself multiple times, am I happy? Like, am I, am I truly happy? Am I just going through the motions? Um, do, am I just waiting for something to make me feel happy or am I just happy to be happy? And how much of it, <laughs> how much of it is just hormones because hormones play a huge role in our mood. So are we talking about happiness from a mood standpoint or happiness from a contented standpoint? Are you contented with life? Um, so I think that that question um, could be taken both ways or either way. If we're talking from a contented standpoint, my life is beautiful. It's wonderful. And um, I I am definitely happy with where I'm at. Um, and I'm so much further than where I used to be. Am I where I want to be? No. I don't think I'll ever be where I want to be. I'm always chasing something. I'm always chasing some goal. But um, if I'm looking at it from where I've been to where I am, then yeah, I have a lot to be thankful for, a lot to be happy about. Um, as far as things that make me happy, like make me smile, um, would be fun music. Fun music makes me smile. Anything that I can kind of just like move to. <laughs> move and bop to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love good music. Um, jokes. Dad jokes. Oh my gosh. I came to the right place. I love it <laughs> all the time. It's so good. So good. Um, and of course, um, this is going to sound uh, maybe obvious, but movement. <laughs> movement. Sure. Yeah. If you haven't, if you guys haven't picked this up yet. Yeah. <laughs> this will be the last, the last time I say it. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's good. Um, you know, I, I got to hand it to you because I've interviewed, I want to say five people with this new set of questions at the end of the show so far. And you did exactly kind of what I wanted. Like you took it and you like fleshed all these questions out. Cause they're supposed to be like, Hmm, like, you know, really think about it. They're not supposed to be like, what's your favorite type of pizza? Like, you know, cause that's, that's what I used to ask at the end of my shows. And like, it was fun for the first couple episodes. And it's like, yeah. all right, I really don't care what your favorite kind right. of cop car right. is, dude. I got stuff to do. <laughs> but, but my, my goal for those and my goals for these questions, I was like, you know, you know, we talked to you for an hour and now it's like, all right, let's, let's kind of dig a little deeper and like really see what this person's like. And that's why I don't tell people what the, the questions are ahead of time. Cause like I want it, I want it right off the cuff. And I really appreciate that you took these questions and really fleshed them out. Cause that's kind of the idea of it. So okay. uh, I appreciate your answers. Okay. I appreciate your insight. And um, all in all, this was an amazing conversation and I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being here.
Of course, of course. And uh, I'm going to follow up about this whole drunk cops thing. But anyway, uh, <laughs> if uh, I'm not a cop, <laughs> that's okay. We always have one non-cop in the bus. Oh, oh. Yeah, I'm so okay, okay. It's all part of the. It's all part of the plan here. Right. Um, if people want to get in contact with you, if they want to learn about sandbags or fitness, or they have questions for you that may not have been answered in this conversation, how do they get in contact with you? Definitely the sand at the dot sandbag dot queen on Instagram is the place to find me. I'm there pretty much all the time. I'm, I say that and I like, I took a short break today because I was like, I've been on too much. I can't, I can't, but most of the time, I, I mean, I'll respond within, you know, 24 hours of, of getting a message or a comment. And, um, I am considering getting my YouTube channel back up and running. It's uh, taken a hiatus. I have taken a hiatus from YouTube. So there's some old content on there, good content still, but it's older. So I've been thinking about um, revisiting that. But you can find me on there and check it out if there's anything that sparks your interest on YouTube. It's the Sandbag Queen. And I have a TikTok that I am not super active on. And that's also the Sandbag Queen. <laughs> so Perfect. that's where so, you can find me. It's so just look simple. for the Sandbag Queen. You'll probably find Heaven and yeah. you'll know from the most recent post if she's on it a lot or not. I can yeah. tell you the, the Instagram she is on quite a bit. Yeah. And there's always something good, fun, and entertaining on there and something to take away. So for Thanks. sure. Um, Heaven, thank you so much for your time. I thought this yeah. was great. I got a lot of insight out of it. I'm sure my listeners did. Uh I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. No problem. Everyone listening, stay tuned. We'll be right back to wrap this up. Show me, show me, show me how you do that trick. The one that makes me scream, she said. The one that makes me laugh, she said. And threw her arms around my neck. Show me how you do it. And I'll promise you, I'll promise that I'll run away with you. I'll run away with you. All right, folks, that concludes my episode today. Once again, Heaven Duvall Cox, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for the wisdom. Go check her out, Sandbag Queen, on Instagram. Check out the link or check out the tag in the show description, uh, which is going to be on the Instagram. And also, it's going to double on Facebook now that I got that kind of synced up. Very cool. Once again, guys, check out the merch store, 10-8-memes.ecwid.com. Uh, and check us out on Monday, Punk Rock Cops, Episode 2, Enter the Vegan Police. It's coming right at you. And then the following Thursday, a week from today, we're going to have Paul Britton. And we're going to be talking about financial health and wellness in the Great White North. You guys may know it as Canada. So all that's coming up. Check out the description. Again, check out the merch store. Check out, check out, check out. Also, Punk Rock Cops has its own Instagram. And the Jersey Boys podcast have their own Instagram. I say their, like it's not me and Frank. Uh, so check those out. Go add them, those two uh, accounts. Jersey Boys are going to be back on Halloween, 1031. And like I said, Punk Rock Cops will be out on Monday. We'll see you then, folks. Take care of each other. Stay safe. Until next week. 10-8, out.
number when you're working for the company.